Hey there, Kenfo. This is Uncle Maduro. Look, if y'all been enjoying these little pie talks here I'll be giving, then won't y'all consider buying old Uncle Maduro a cigar? You can go right there to my little wave page there and donate. Donate to Uncle Maduro just for the price of one cigar. And man, let me tell you, I keep on doing these little talks here that I be giving. So now that I'm done harassing y'all like a cigar at the beach, let's get back to the talk. All right now. How y'all doing there? So hey, thank y'all for stopping by to have a cigar with Uncle Maduro. Man, look at here. Now y'all know before we get started, all right, tell y'all what I'm smoking on. And today, I'm sitting out here on my front garret out here in my rocking chair. Sun's going down, but it's been a beautiful day. Beautiful day down here in Florida. So I decided to come on out here, get my rocking chair, and I'm smoking on this Asylum 13, Lance Arrow. Let me tell you something, this this is a this is a mild stick. I wanted something mild today because through the weekday I don't like to be smoking anything kind of heavy. So I picked up a few of these Asylum 13s from Rise last week. It's a perfect cigar for a weekday when I just want the cigar taste without all the other effects that go along with it. I'm really been enjoying it. Now, I think for you cigar aficionados, it's probably be a little too weak for you guys. I know y'all like that medium to full body. But, you know, for somebody who's entry level, just getting to the cigar game, you know, any females, or like I said, get entry level, the Sun 13 uh, Lance Arrow is a pretty good stick for you entry level folks out there. But you know what? We're going to do a little something different on Talk Today. I've been listening to this fellow named Charleston White on YouTube. And I tell you, this cat been hitting folks really, really hard. He been saying some things that's really, really hard for folks to swallow out here. And he's been opening my eyes to a whole lot of things. Now, I have to warn y'all, you know, it has really strong language. I mean, this fella, you know, he, he says a lot of cuss words. He talk, he, he, I mean, he talk to folks just as folks needs to be talked to that has a hard head. See, folks with a hard head, you got to come at them with hard language. So I have to warn you, you know, if you partial the strong language and cussing and stuff like that, but it's, it's it's structured cussing, as I like to say, then you know, take it, take a listen to this fella. If not, I think you may want to skip this episode because this fella is telling it like a ti is. And in order to meet people where they at, you got to talk to people where they at. You talking if you got a you get you with some hard headed people. You you gotta you gotta talk you gotta talk to them with hard language. Plain simple as fact. So we all grown here. So if you got kids in the room, you listen to this. Hey, don't listen to this around your kids. Anybody impartial to strong language, don't listen to him. But he makes a really really good point on everything that he say. Now, like I say, now a lot of things with this George Floyd trial is coming up. A lot of information I wasn't privileged to. You know, I didn't I didn't know about. I, I gotta tell you, this is like a lot of these trials and stuff, stuff that went on these police shoes, a lot of information I ain't know about. But this boy here, he really lays it down. A lot of things that I tell people about Black Lives Matter. Let me tell you, man, he really lays some stuff down. He lays it all out. Like the one thing he was talking about, you know, I'm gonna let, I'm gonna let him get off into it, but when he talked about the Black Lives Matter, is he talking about how black, black, black Lives Matter took in $90 million last year. And not a dime of it went to the black community. Not a dime went to the black community. And nobody talks about that. But yet black folks want to holler, run around and holler about what the government, they need help from the government, they need help from these organizations. But the organization who uses the black people 
image and and name said they fight for black people. Ninety million dollars and not nothing with the black community. Matter of fact, you got folks like Mike Brown. Mike Brown's father is suing Black Lives Matter because Black Lives Matter using his image without giving him any money. Yeah, they took in ninety million dollars by using using this man's son, this image on everything, and then gave him a dime. So, but I'm not gonna get off into it too much. I'm gonna keep back with my asylum thirteen. I'm gonna let you guys listen to this boy Charleston White. I think he says it and target are uh, articulates it a whole lot better than I can. Again, if you like, if you don't like strong language, don't listen to this episode. Cut it off. But let me tell you something. You need to listen to. If you're grown folks, you need, you need to listen to this. Put your big boy pants on, my big girl pants on, and you listen to this boy Charleston White. And I may, I may come back on the flip side and, and say a little something. So I'm gonna get my side 13 again, and y'all listen to this. All right. All right now. Yeah. Man, nigga, go graze some grass if you think what Dr. Sebi say is true. You got to be dumb and stupid and retarded like Baba Ransom. Stupid ass, nigga. Fuck Dr. Sebi and fuck Dr. Sebi followers. Y'all, y'all dumb and stupid. Now, now, show what have Dr. Sebi teachings help you motherfuckers do. It ain't taught you how to get you no goddamn money. It ain't taught you. Hold on. It ain't taught Dr. Sebi. One thing Dr. Sebi couldn't teach Dr. Sebi couldn't teach you how to do this here. <laughs> Them motherfuckers. Yeah, all y'all how to buy Dr. Sebi don't know how to get no money. <laughs> Say, listen. All y'all hollering about Dr. Sebi don't know how to get no money. <laughs> yeah, so fuck what Dr. Sebi talking about. And all y'all gonna be healthy. Broke. <laughs> yeah, bro. Broke, healthy motherfucker don't mean nobody no good. You think your children gonna be hollering uh, about your legacy because you was healthy? Huh? Listen to me. <laughs> Hold on. Do you think? Go on, keep listening to Dr. Sebi. Do you think you gon' die? Die just like Dr. Sebi. Die healthy with pretty skin, but your pockets gonna be empty. <laughs> so keep listening to Dr. Sebi, motherfucker. Everybody I know hollering by Dr. Sebi with some all you motherfuckers broke. And y'all don't know how to wake up and get no goddamn money. Yeah, y'all don't know how to get no goddamn money. And ain't nobody killed Dr. Sebi. Dr. Sebi killed himself, not listening to them doctors. All Dr. Sebi had to do was take them Tylenol and them Advil for them headaches and them back spasms. And his motherfucking ass would have been all right. But the stupid motherfucker was trying to smoke weed and onion skin. Everybody know you can't smoke no motherfucking weed and onion skin. Long as motherfucker been smoking weed. Longest motherfuckers been smoking weed from the 70s and the 20s. We ain't never heard no motherfucking black boy coming along talking about, say, man, roll up this motherfucking onion skin. The old players didn't do it. Nigga, nigga back during the Reconstruction era, motherfucker wouldn't, nigga smoke with Bible paper so before he smoked with some motherfucking onion skin. So y'all keep believing that Dr. Sebi bullshit and go on die broke. Yeah, go on die broke. Yeah, man, fuck Dr. Sebi. And fuck everybody who believe in Dr. Sebi. All y'all broke. That's all I'm saying. You can't show no money. You show us how to get some money. If Dr. Sebi was so smart, how do we make a million dollars? How do we build an economic uh, 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 stabilization for black people? Fuck eating right. Yeah, we don't give a damn about eating right. We won't poke anyway. So, yeah, man, all you niggas talking about this Dr. Sebi shit, all y'all letting up with a bunch of broke motherfuckers. You can't wake up and show nobody how to get no money. As a matter of fact, how about we do a Dr. Sebi challenge, everybody? How about we do us a Dr. Sebi challenge for, for the internet and the Instagram and say, okay, everybody, let's walk through your house, open your icebox, open your cabinets, and let's see who been eating like Dr. Sebi say eat. Most of y'all can't afford them kind of groceries. Most of you motherfuckers can't afford them kind of groceries. 
Dr. Sebi say don't eat walnuts. Dr. Sebi say don't eat peanuts. Dr. Sebi say don't eat broccoli. Dr. Sebi say eat squash. Dr. Sebi say you ain't supposed to have no mucus in your throat. Uh, Dr. Sebi say pussy ain't good no more. Man, Dr. Sebi was a stupid ass old nigga come from out of one of them motherfucking jungles that just come with some good jungle game. That's all. Yeah, Dr. Sebi just come with some good motherfucking jungle game and then put the jungle game down up on the dumb jungle bunnies and the jungle jungle bunnies is hollering by what they hollering by. And this is what I want to say to everybody hollering by George Floyd. Best thing George Floyd could have did was get killed. Think about that. Best thing that could ever happen to George Floyd was for him to get killed that day. Think about that, y'all. The nigga daughter got $20 million. George Floyd would have lived that his daughter wouldn't have never seen $20 million. That nigga could barely pay child support. That nigga couldn't even get $20 to pass down at the, at the bank. That nigga, you see how he's all they caught that nigga trying to pass $20. <laughs> yeah, they just need him to death over $20 motherfucking dollars. Because didn't nobody love him enough to say, hey man, let me borrow $20 from you. Didn't nobody love George Floyd enough nigga to give him $20. He was down there with two dope fiends, the dope fiend nigga and the dope fiend bitch. Did y'all see the first, the, for the first video, they made it seem like George didn't do nothing wrong. First video, they made it seem like George didn't do a motherfucking thing wrong. That second video, George all in the front seat acting like a dope fiend, crying like a motherfucker. Y'all see him when he swallowed the dope. George died from fentanyl. According to the medical examiner report, George was down there full of that motherfucking fentanyl dope like a dope fiend. Nigga, dope fiend. Nigga, nigga, play, nigga go through some shit down there, dope fiend. <laughs> Say dope fiend, nigga ain't go through some shit. <laughs> so, yeah, nigga ain't mad about no police killing no dope fiend. So, listen, check this out. So, let me just make it make sense, y'all. Best thing could have happened to George Floyd was for him to get himself killed. But best thing could have happened, that nigga's security is out of the future. If George Floyd wouldn't have lived, his daughter wouldn't have never got no Disney stock. Nigga, you, nigga, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to get killed for 20 million. Fuck you talking about, nigga, 20 million. Nigga, please, I'm willing to get killed for 20 million. Mama give you 20 million to kill you. Come on, let, let how George Floyd die. Mama, mama give you 20 million dollars to lean on your neck the way that white boy was on George Floyd's neck. Yeah, man, give me the 20 million. Where I sign up at? Where I sign up at? My, my children's future is go, that's what life is all about. Laying your life down for your kids to make sure your kids don't ever have to work again. What best thing George Floyd ever did was decide to wake up and die that day. Boy, that was a hell of a decision as a father. And look what it did. Woo, that nigga hit it big. It paid off. It paid off. No, no, no. What that nigga did that day was remarkable. Say, that nigga, that was a genius. Say, that shit that paid off. Hey, bullshit. Now his baby get to sit up and count money and count money and count money and count money and count money. Because he decided to go downtown and be dope fiend and cost him his life playing dope fiend. See how that worked? So now here it is, that nigga played a hell of a role for his baby. Not knowing he would go blind man shuffle up on that 20 mil. So shit, nigga, I ain't mad at now, nigga. Left his baby 20 million. And I ain't mad at that white boy. Because if it wasn't for that white boy putting that knee on that neck, that nigga daughter would have never got that motherfucker 20 million. See, I look at the glass half full. I don't look at it half empty. You look at it half empty. I say, okay, well, at least the nigga daughter got 20 million. I bet he didn't have no insurance policy. I bet that nigga didn't have no motherfucker uh, insurance policy. So then that was 20 million on the front end. That was just to go fund me. That was just to go fund me and the money that they made right out when the death was fresh. 
Now fast forward a year later, man, they got $27 million. They got 27 motherfucking million dollars. All the lawyers got paid. Lee Merritt and Benjamin Crump. Whoa, boy, king, king. That nigga George got everybody paid except us. George got every. We ain't get a dollar for George unless you was hitting the Rolex stove during the ride. Now if you hit something during the ride, then say my nigga. But say rest of us, we ain't get a goddamn thing for George. So that's why I say fuck him. Any nigga ain't leave me nothing behind. Everybody else got to hit the Rolex stove. Nigga got to steal Hellcats. Nigga got to go to the zoo and take the zebras. One nigga got the monkey. Uh, the rest of the niggas went and got the orangutans. A nigga ran around the corner and got the rhinoceros. Them niggas even they lined out the zoo. Man, I'm a mad motherfucker when I finally snapped and realized what was going on. And I should have been participating. They had already sent the National Guards in. And man, I just had to just talk shit. I was mad at the motherfucker. I ain't go around there one of them Rolex stores and at least go to the store and get me a pair of tennis shoes like all the other poor dumb niggas did. I was mad at the motherfucker. So here it is. Fast forward a year later, we all done got them tennis shoes. We done got them Hellcats off the lot that they done got back, and some of us done got in trouble for the ride. Well, they done come back and they said, okay, y'all, we want to give you 27 million. 27 million? Shit, we'll take it. Yeah, we'll take it. They fucked y'all. Say the family say, what? 27 million? Yeah, yeah, we take it. Say, we'll fuck y'all. So when, when, you, when you take the money, all you're saying is fuck y'all. Motherfucker kill me. It ain't enough money in the world you can take to get me back. But all I'm saying, mama, if the police kill me, take the money. Don't fight with the full Lord. I want you to do just what George Floyd family do. Get that money in one year. Trayvon Martin, them mama, them ain't got no money. Mike Brown, them mama, them ain't got no money. There's a whole bunch of folks ain't got no money. George, them get the money quick. Just here, George and them goddamn family, they get the money quick in a month. For it ain't even been a year, don't it take forever to get this kind of money. But George and them got the 27 million quick. They got 20 million last year, 47 million dollars. Say, I think George Floyd's death was worth it. What y'all say? <laughs> say, I think that I say I think if George Floyd could do it all over again and he realized his family can get forty seven million, if they can bring George Floyd back to life right now and tell him, say, boy, don't you know you died and left the people forty seven million? The nigga gonna say, What? How much? That nigga gonna wanna come back to life. Boy, that nigga George Floyd found out his family got 47 million and he was downtown and dying and he couldn't come up with $20 to pay. That nigga died. Say, think about that. That nigga didn't have $20. That nigga didn't have $20 to pay to get. That nigga didn't have $20 to get high with. And that nigga died downtown fucking around behind that motherfucker $20. Now here it is. He broke in a motherfucker. Nigga died broke in a bitch. And wake up, bitch. Wake up dead, a multi-millionaire. Who ain't God good? I don't know what kind of God that nigga family got, but God damn it, God. Shit. Say, <laughs> I don't know what kind of God that is, but damn it, God. What a nigga die needing twenty dollars and wake up in hell or heaven with forty seven million? And you can't get back down there to the fall of seven million. <laughs> say, say, why be mad the bitch? <laughs> say, boy, you can't get twenty-seven dollars. I'm sorry, you can't get twenty dollars on earth. Wake up and help my hell. And look down on earth and the folks that you couldn't get $20 from got $47 million. 
I got him. Say what a way to go out, Joe. Say, God damn. Damn it, man. Damn it, man. Say, that's the way to go, Joe Joyce. George, listen to me, man. You ain't done nothing wrong. Everybody's sad about how they're the only big George going. George, you've done what every man want to do. Secure his family and death. However you got to secure it, George. You made it right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. However you got to, however you got to secure it, George. But that's the ultimate goal of every man and every father. is to secure the family and death, man. So you can rest in peace now, George. Nigga, you left him 47 million. <laughs> so then, you wasn't playing porn star and big homie George. You wasn't going to be able to leave him shit. But because you let that white boy kill you, George. Now, and the reason I say let, George, because, nigga, you done kicked in doors before. And you done whooped niggas. And you done put guns to pregnant women's bellies, nigga. Why, you know, and then here it is. You want to lay there and be still. Nigga, you got to flop. Let me just say this. George, if you had the will to live, you would have made him shoot you. He wouldn't have been able to rest his knee on your neck, George. You didn't have the will to live, George. You didn't have the will to fight to want to live, nigga. You would have scratched the concrete, George. You would have bit your tongue off, George. But you wouldn't have laid there if you really had the will to live, George. You wouldn't have just laid there, nigga. Flop! Flop, nigga, as big as you was. You let the white boy just lay on you. Fight, nigga. Listen to me, black man. Don't die like no coward. Don't die like a coward like George Floyd. That nigga cowardly laid there. Fight, nigga. You fight, niggas. You grow up fighting. Why don't you fight when they get you? Same with Mike Brown. Same with Mike Brown. Them niggas wouldn't fight. That nigga just put his hands up and let them choke him. Nigga, fight. Nigga, fight. Don't I like no coward, black man. And George Floyd is a pure example of a black man laying there dying like a coward. So y'all keep honoring that coward, nigga. And I'm going to honor Galvin Long and Makai Johnson, nigga. Y'all keep honoring that coward, Baba. You a coward, nigga. And the difference between me and you, Baba, I stood over a white man as a kid, and I know what it feel like to watch one die. We didn't run. I didn't run. See, that's the difference. You niggas don't know what it feel like. So I sit above you niggas. But I sit at the feet of the elders, Baba. And none of my elders your age come into social media with a platform. Let alone YouTube. You gotta learn how to work too much. And them old niggas, they was born in the 20s, the 30s, and the 40s. So they ain't taking the time to learn this white boy social media shit. Cause they know anything you learn about that white boy, you being duped and tricked, bye bye. Long as you been on earth, you don't know that shit, boy. 
So get your old bitch ass off here, bitch ass old nigga. Ooh, doggy, what y'all think about that? Charleston White. <laughs> I've been listening to this boy. This boy been talking about he, he boy, he laid some things out. Half of me to kind of disagree with him, too. See, the one thing that always fascinates me is, you know, you have all this black-on-black -black crime out here with black folks killing killing each other, and you don't never see no protests. You don't never see Black Lives Matter come out. You don't never see Farrakhan come out. You don't never see any of these so-called uh, uh, high-profile preachers come out with their big congregation and march down the street. I mean, the preacher alone, like that boy Creflo Dollar, some of the other preachers, they got 25,000 members in their congregation. They have like three services a day. You mean you mean tell me he, he can't gather his folks together and go out there and march on the street? I mean, just, just, just last week you had this rapper. This rapper boy came from Houston, Texas, and went to Atlanta for the first time to do his music and got gunned down on the highway. That's black on black crime. Didn't know white folks gun him down on the highway. That was black folks. Do you hear Black Lives Matter marching about that? Did you hear Farrakhan say anything about that? Right there, Creflo Dollars right there in Atlanta. Did you hear Creflo Dollars say anything about that? All these so-called black leaders and black ministers, they frauds. Even the Farrakhans. And like this boy Charleston White, Farrakhan and his folks want to kill him. He ain't saying nothing wrong. What, 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 what did he say wrong? What, what has Farrakhan did? See, this is how you know that some folks are a tool for the government, like I always tell people. See, Farrakhan and Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton, all these people are useful tools, to, <coughs> in my opinion, to keep all this racism going, to keep all of this, this division going. Because Farrakhan don't like, don't like Jesse Jackson, Jesse Jackson don't like Al Sharpton, they even divided. The churches they divide, they don't they not together. The Baptist church against the Pentecostal churches, they ain't divided. So you have all these organizations with groups of black people sitting sitting underneath of them. It's all divided. They're preaching against one another. And so how can you have some black unity? But as soon as a white boy go out, white boy go out there, a cop or whoever go out there and kill one of these Negroes out there, then everybody wanna go up in arms. And like like he said, when I think about it, have you ever I've I've, I've never heard of no cop killing no killing no black no black person who just doing what they supposed to do. All the killers that, that, that they didn't deal was was what 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 what's up black what black folks that probably need to be taken out the gene pool. You know, it's like Mike Mike Brown, he trying to fight the police. You don't fight the police? I don't care what color the police, you don't fight the police. You do what the police say, you and you go home and then you get your lawyer or you go to court to fight the next day. Not the police. They got more power than you. Look, man, I didn't travel all around this country working by myself. By myself. I've traveled this country working by myself. I didn't drove it. I didn't flew it. I have never had any, any altercation with a police officer. The few times that I can recall being pulled over, I, 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 I didn't even get a ticket. Because I complied. Matter of fact, I just went to Gainesville. Or I think it was sometime last year, even before I went to last year, I went to Gainesville. No, it was it was, it was full of COVID. I went to Gainesville, and uh, my last encounter with a police officer, I got off the high off seventy five to make this little exit, you know, to go into this little cutoff when we go into Gainesville, and I ran through a stop sign. And I seen the cop, and when I seen the cop, it was too late. I had already did one of them California California roll bys, so I just pulled on over. 
Police, hip, hip, he, he, he put them berries on, pulled up behind me. He was a state trooper, actually. Got out. I stayed in the car. I cut my car off. I put my hands out, hung my hands out the window, out my window with my car keys. I just hung, hung them out. He walked up to me and he started laughing. <laughs> he started laughing. He said, oh, what you doing? I said, well, I said, officer, I'm just trying to comply, show you my hands, show you that I'm not doing anything wrong. And he said, he started laughing. He said, step out the car. Stepped out the car. He said, uh, he, he said, I asked for my driver's license, gave my driver's license. He said, oh, where you going? I said, well, sir, I'm going into Gainesville here, and I'm going to the Havana Cigar Lounge. I'm going to have me a cigar. He said, yeah, he said, I said, yes, sir. He said, oh, why are you nervous? You seem nervous. I say, oh, I'm nervous because all day I can think about is my insurance going up. <laughs> I was a kid. I say, oh, Lord. I say, oh, the only thing I can think about is my insurance going up. He started laughing. He say, huh? I say, yeah. I say, if I get a ticket, my insurance going up. And I sure don't like paying them bills. <laughs> he started laughing. He say, uh, you mind if I search your car? I say, no, sir. I say, you, I say, you go right ahead. You can search it. You can search it. He said, okay. He went in there and searched everything. He said, okay. He said, well, the reason why you know why I pulled you up? I said, yes, sir. I know. I said, I rolled through that stop sign right there. He said, yep. He said, I got to pull you up. He said, you know, I-75 is a high drug traffic area. They importing them drugs from Miami all up there. I said, no, sir. I don't know anything about that. He said, well, Mr. Martin, he said, one thing I can tell you is that you slow this car down, you stop at them stop signs, and you go have your cigar, and you have your safe day. I said, yes, sir, thank you. And he didn't give me no ticket. He went his way, and I went my way, and I stopped at every stop sign and yield sign <laughs> ever since. I complied. See, the black folks that, 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 you, that you hear out there that's be getting shot out there is the ones out there, in my opinion, doing what they're supposed to be doing. they where they where they ain't supposed to be, and they ain't complying. You see, let me tell you something about a police officer. Just like, just like that, that, that state trooper who pulled me over. I always say you don't know what a cop did been through in his day before he got to you. You don't know what he didn't see. Now this state trooper probably he probably seen a car flipped over with three babies in it with the head cut off, and now he runs into you. He probably been in a shootout with some fool, you know, trying to take his gun, and now he pulls you over, and now you got the slick mouth. Now you arguing with him. Now, man, this he's a man. He just seen some horrific stuff, and now he up here talking to you, and you talking crazy to him. You don't know what them people have seen. That, I mean, that's just, just like you. You have a bad day at work, and then you go home, and your wife say something to you, you snap at her. Cops are the same way. That's why I always give a cop due respect. I respect a cop to the to the highest of respect. Every time. I don't care to give me a ticket. If I disagree with a ticket, I take the ticket, and then I know I can go to court. I can, I can fight if I go to court. But a lot of times, these police officers, if you be respectful to them, they ain't getting you no ticket. They'll let you go on about your way. You know what? I'm, I'm going to tell you another story. I'm going to tell you another story back in my drinking day. Now, back in my drinking day, now, I remember up there in Saginaw. I was in Saginaw, Michigan. I had a convertible Fiat Spider 2000. It was cream color. And I went there. It must have been like, like 2 o'clock in the morning. I was leaving the Silver Dollar nightclub. I had dropped my boy off at this place called Bloomfield up in Saginaw. This is a housing area. And I had this gal, she worked in the post office, she was a post office manager, and she lived on the white folks side of town. Now, of course, Bloomfield was the black side of town, but I dropped my boy off at one of his little trap's house. 
And so I left him and I went over to her side of town where the white folks at. Police pulled me over, right? Two o'clock in the morning. Now here I am in a cream color convertible. I got a black, oh, I got a black jumpsuit on with beige cowboy boots. And I'm drunk. Because I've been drinking. That's what I that's what I was drinking back then. I was drunk. She pulls me out of the car. No, 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 no. She's for my driver's license. And I said, I said, well, ma'am, I said my driver's license is in is, is in the trunk. She said, well, get out, get out and get your driver's license. So I got out, went back to the trunk, popped my trunk, over trunk, was going through my bags and uh, you know, to get my driver's license. And because it was in my gym bag, and she got a call. She got a call. And she say, you know, well, Mr. Martin. I want you to go straight to where you're going. I don't want to see you on, on this road tonight. You go straight to where you're going. And she got that call. So she left me and I got in the car. And I drove on that gear house, right? So the next morning I gets up and I'm sitting there after hangover, you know. So they're sitting there talking to my little lady friend. And I said, well, dang, my clothes, I forgot my clothes in the car. So I goes downstairs to my car, pop the trunk, get my gym bag out. Goes back, goes goes back into her, up to her apartment, uh, sitting there on the couch, and I start going through my bag, and I had these pair Air Jordans, these red, red, white and red Air Jordans, one of the first ones that Michael Jordan came out with, and I picked up the shoe and it was heavy. And I'm looking at it, I'm like, why is this shoe heavy? And I flipped the shoe over, and a 38 had a big, had my, no, it was 357, had a 357, and I, I forgot I put the gun in there. I put my gun in my gym shoe, which was in a trunk, with my driver's license. I looked at her and I was like, oh my goodness. If that cop hadn't got that call, right, she would have found that gun. Because I had to go, because the gun was in the gym bag. I had to go in the gym bag and get around, I had to move them shoes around to get my driver's license. I could be in jail right now. That cop, she was a female cop, she was by herself. She let me go because I was polite with her. Even though, I, see, I always had Southern values. See, that's what I say about people in the South. See, you Northern folks, y'all so doggone slick. You know, you slick black folks, y'all so slick. You know, y'all think folks owe y'all something. But see, down in the South, we had manners. You know, our, our folks taught us manners to be respectful, especially the white folks. Now, y'all may think that's, y'all may think that's a, uh, that's that that's a that's acting like a coon or something when I say be respectful to white folks, but that's what we was taught. You see, down there in Louisiana, them, them white folks would kill you. The white folks want nothing to play with. So you had to be respectful. Because the whole object of anything is is to go home and get in your bed and wake up the next day. That's what the whole object of life is. Life ain't to argue with somebody who you back down here in Louisiana in these dark roads and you get slick with slick with this white man, these white boys. See, that's how you end up dead. You see what I'm saying? So I had manners. I had manners still in, instilled in me today. So when that cop pulled me over, even though I, I was a little drunk, I mean, I still had manners. I still was respectful toward her. You see what I'm saying? I didn't give her no problem. I didn't give her no feedback. Now she could have, she could have, she when she got that call, right? She could have called another police officer, right, to watch me and go take care of her business, or she, or she could have said, "Let me finish up here and I'll be right there." 
But she told me, she said, hey, Mr. Monty, go where you go, go where you going. I don't want to see you back on this road no more tonight. She let me go. I guess the whole thing I'm telling y'all folks is, see, when you, when you respectful to folks, you get to go home. When you respectful to the police, you get to go home. But see, but when you out there doing no good, see, now you want to be slick. Now you want to slick talk to police. Now you want to act like you got right. Let me tell you something. Like, let me say, black man, I know it's hard for you, hard for some black folks to believe is that you ain't got no rights. Just accept that. You always look at life like you behind the eight ball, not in front of the eight ball. If you play life like you're always losing, right, you keep yourself out of trouble. Play yourself like you like you're losing, but you're still going towards your goal. See. When you get slick with these people thinking that you got the same rights and you write a white person can get pulled over and they can they, they get back talking back sassy the police all they want. And they might not even get a ticket. But see, you feel that you should have the same rights as a white person who get pulled over, but you don't have that right. Understand that you're always at a disadvantage. So the object of any game in life is to go home that night, whether it's on your job. You don't want to get hurt at your job. That's why there's safety rules. Because you want to go home to your family. And this is what I try to tell young blacks. So when these blacks, I look at these blacks like the Mike Browns and, and Trayvon Munza. What you doing out at that time of night? Even though Trayvon Martin wasn't dealing with no police. See, George Zimmerman's father knew the judge. George Zimmerman's father knew the prosecuting attorney. You see, they were all connected down there. That's how he got off. The jury was read. That's, that's how George Zimmerman got off. You see. But when you're dealing with the police and anything like that, you got to be respectful because you can't put yourself in no bad situations. When you put yourself in bad situations, you don't have the same rights to other people. Bad things can happen to you and bad things will happen to you. So you have to realize that. I mean, that's one thing. Like I say, I've traveled all through this country. I've got pulled over by New Jersey State uh, Patrolmen, which is some bad boys, right? A bus was in front of me, a bus with kids. The bus stopped, had the little flap came out, say stop. And I rolled past the bus. That cop pulled me over. He was mad too. Uh, he, even though he was mad, he was going off on me. I was still respectful to him. And I didn't get no ticket. He said, all right, Mr. Martin, you just slow down next time. He still didn't get no ticket. I could have got a ticket. I could have got a big ticket for that. You run past a bus, but then that little flap come down. You, you can kill one of them kids. But what I'm telling y'all is that the situation that I look back at some of these folks that got killed by the police, I wonder, you know, they put themselves in that situation to me. They put themselves in that situation with the action. If the police pull over, just comply. George Jim Zimmer, I mean, uh, uh, George Floyd, burned down the whole city for George Floyd, all this crack, and the, and the, and the dude was a dope head. I, I didn't know at first that uh, he, had, he had took a pill. He took fentanyl he, because he didn't want the police to find the drugs on him, so he popped the drugs in his mouth. I ain't know all that. I heard the audio. I listened to Alvin Carolla's show, uh, Alvin Carolla's show, and, and uh, Mark Garagos, which is a big-time lawyer, they, they, played, they played some of the audio. Matter of fact, George Floyd's trial is going to be on TV. A lot of evidence is going to come out. And if, if, if the cop get off, black folks still going to ride like a dang fool because they, they're not going to gonna, gonna listen to the evidence. But yet on the flip side here you have, you have that, that boy down there that came from Houston to Atlanta and got killed on the highway. That boy ain't did nothing. He got killed by blacks. Ain't nobody protesting. Ain't nobody riding. 
in the black community every day, you get kids getting killed. Black Lives Matter ain't Black Lives Matter ain't marching. Ain't nobody else in the community marching. But 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 let a white person, let a white cop or a white person kill 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 a black person. It'll be all out rise everywhere. How stupid and ignorant is black folks? Stupid and ignorant. I'm not I'm not I'm not kidding with y'all. I didn't got to the point here. I'm look, man, I'm sitting up here on my garret, on my little front garret. I know where I came from. And I know there's no way that I should be sitting right here where I'm sitting enjoying this view that I'm uh, that I, I'm enjoying. Now, I worked for this view. Okay? I pay for this view. Right? But I'm still blessed to be in this position. And and and, and it wasn't no black folks that got me in this position. It was just being good to folks. Being honest with folks. Being a hard worker. Trying to do the right thing. And let me tell you something. I don't want no black folks around me. I don't want no black folks living next to me. I don't want no kids living next to me. And I don't want no black folks living next to me. Because ignorant. Just plain old ignorant. Oh. I sit here. Sit here, man. I sure enjoy my rocking chair. And I say, God... Man, people walk by, they wave at you, everybody friendly, the neighborhood is clean. Let a bunch of blacks blacks roll in here, especially when they had them old loudmouth kids. But you can't handle kids out here where I live 55 and over. Can't handle kids out here. All that loud music, boom, 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 boom. Rap for rap music, all that old that old junk loud. And then some of these little young white kids, they getting just 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 as bad as black kids with all that old boom 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 music. They getting influenced by all that garbage. All that music, all that music, all that type of music is contributing, is contributing to what's going on. Like I heard a guy the other day, like I listen to boy Charles and White, like he was saying, he was saying this one talk he had, he said, he said, you know, he said, what's that ironic is that you see a black boy riding down the street, had that old rap music all loud with that old Carly B, Wet P, Wet, you know, you know what P is, right? That old song she got, you know, good Wet P. All that old loud rap music, all that cussing and all that stuff, and then taking their kid to school in the back seat. They got a, they got their little kid in the back seat, little two, three year old kid in the back seat with that music blasting, with all that cussing, all that stuff is being imprinted into that kid's head. Tell you, tell, tell you like this here, my little godson, my little first godson. That little boy, when that little boy was like one, two years old, that's all he used to listen to back in the early nineties. He used to listen to Spice One. Rapper called Spice One. I never, never forget. I, I went over there one day. He was probably about one, or two, and he, he was sitting on the floor. And his brother, that's when he was getting off in that old that hard rap music. He listened to Spice One, you know, and it was all that cussing and stuff like that. And that little boy, that's all he used to listen to, from one, two, three years old. You know where he at right now? He in prison right now. Turned out to be a stone thug. All his life, he was exposed to that old horrible, negative music. And so when I see these cats ride down the street here, like I was down in a, in a Gainesville. I was in Gainesville a couple of Thursdays ago. You know, me and the fellow were sitting out there. And uh, this old black boy come by in, in his car. And his music just boom, 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 boom. I look in the back, see his little daughter back there. She's probably about four years old or something. And I'm thinking to myself, now he up there... That old loud music, them old loud speakers, that old loud cussing nasty music, and that little girl, all that music, all that old nasty music is being imprinted in her brain. 
See, if I had a little kid, you know, know my kid, my, my kid would listen to some Beethoven. <laughs> they could have been that, they'd listen to some, some, some Bach, some Beethoven, some Bach, some classical music. That's what they'd be listening to. They're going to listen to music, you know, or they're they, they going to be listening to an audio book, you know, something. They're going to be listening to something positive. Now, when it's kid, when your kid in the car with you, listen to whatever you want. Listen to listen to that, 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 that trash. Listen to it. When your kid in the car, you don't expose your kid to that kind of stuff. See, this is what black folks do. Black folks expose their kids at an early age of this crap. The kids grow up. That's why little girls be shaking their little, shaking their little, shaking their twink, uh, twerking. They get little girl, little girl, six, seven years old out there twerking. And the parents tell them, oh, look, that's so cute. Look, look at her perk. And you got the pedophile sitting there watching a the little girl twerk. Right? And then when something happened to a little girl, and now you, now you wonder, you know, what happened to my Why did, you know, why he did this? That, that because you exposed your child to that. You can't expose the kid's mind to all that old garbage. See, so I listen to this old boy Charles, Charles and White, because that boy be saying, he be saying some things. He be saying some things that I agree with, but I just can't articulate it like he can. And I was, you know, especially all that. He, now, he likes to do a lot of cussing, but, you know, he be, he be telling like a T.I. is. Now, I'm going to bring, bring in some old uh, talk, talks from this boy, Charleston White, because, like I say, he say things that I want to say, but I can't say. But all I know is that Black Lives Matter and all these so-called black leaders and black folks in general, man, you can't blame nobody but yourself for the situation that you're in. Like I tell folks, I would love to march with you. You know, I would love to march with a group of black people. And I would love to burn down the city with a group of black people. When black people start marching because the blacks in the community killed another black. When some of these little young, crazy little black gangs and all that stuff, they killed another. When y'all start marching, when the preacher, like the Creflo Dollars and these big time black preachers with all these monies and these Mercedes cars and stuff, when they come off their high horse and they start marching the community with their congregation on black on black crime, they're not get out there and march. Other than that, the white folks, in my opinion, the police or whatever, they 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 they, they kill every black person they want to that ain't out there doing right. If they ain't doing right, kill them. Take them out of the gene pool. Because I don't want that fool living around me. Would you want Mike Brown living around you? Would you want George Floyd living around you? Out there on that fentanyl trying to pass a bad check for $20. That's amazing. Out there trying to catch, trying, trying to pass, oh no, he had, he had a, a counterfeit dollar, a counterfeit $20 on Drews. And then everybody talking about how much they look like this boy, this basketball player, I ain't gonna call his name. He's supposed to have been good friends with, with George Floyd. He on the news crying about George Floyd. Oh, George Floyd, just how good they were friends. They grew up together. Well, if y'all if y'all such good friends, why was George Floyd trying to pass a fake twenty dollar bill on drugs out there? Why was George Floyd out there sticking people up, putting guns and pregnant women? But now the police shot George Floyd. White police boys shot George Floyd. Now the basketball players, all that stuff, they wanna they they wanna come out and talk about how much good friends they is and they love him. <laughs> I'm like Charles and White. The best thing ever happened to George Floyd was he got cute. His daughter got twenty million dollars. That looked good in a better play because, like the man said, he probably she he probably wouldn't even pay the child support. Now look, now this is just my opinion and not the facts. So, say again, I'm going to bring y'all some more information from this boy Charles and White. I like some of the stuff he talk about, and I just want to share it on my platform. You don't have to agree with it. You don't have to listen to it. But I think it's very interesting. Now look at it. 
y'all get a chance if y'all around anybody who just want to start smoking you know cigars on entry level check out this asylum 13 last arrow it's a good entry level cigar i think and like i tell y'all always in life y'all take care of everybody out there but more importantly y'all take care of yourself first all right now